Uh, so oh, that was a fake question. Thought it was a serious no, question. Real, real, real question. Real. Are we? I mean, we're Team Schefter, obviously. There's a brewing rapper reporting like disagreement about the thing we're about to talk about. But I feel like we're going to be Team Schefter unless you guys have independent information about this deal for Sean Payton that we're about to talk to. Hello, All Spencer. of my information Hello, is independent, Pablo. Comes straight from the fountain of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer's been painting those little, uh, those little figurines with blood. Oh, I don't so know if he visions has them. Of, visions of grandeur. Visions of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson having to share the same space. That's that's what I'm high off of right now. Yeah, I look at Dominique, face and hands, just thinking about how insane that conversation's gonna be. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I love that they both seem to want this. And Alabaster, I guess we should just start there, right? What is your question before we dive into the fumes? Pretty simple one here. What's your reaction to the Broncos trading for Sean Payton? So I'll give you guys the details here. It is a first round pick in 2023 that Denver is sending to the Saints, as well as a second rounder in 2024 in exchange for the guy who was portrayed by Kevin James in a Netflix show and also the third rounder that the Saints have in 2024. Um, and yes, Russell Wilson in his office is going to invite his head coach in for a nice, nice meaty hug. <laughs> meaty hug. Oh, okay. I didn't know you were doing meaty that. Meaty hug. <laughs> this is this is by the way where I would send Kevin James in and see if Russell Wilson noticed the difference. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the clear winner in this is Russell Wilson. If there is anybody who you can consider a winner. Um I think Russell Wilson's early part of his career, he was kind of the second short quarterback and drew Brees was the first mm -hmm. he was the the example that everyone pointed to oh why would you do that he's the example that everyone pointed to to say why other like six footish quarterbacks could succeed and sean payton had a lot of success with drew Brees. i think it's important to remember that drew Brees was a bit of a reclamation project he got injured in well before he got injured in san diego they drafted philip rivers you don't draft a quarterback in the first round unless you're done with the one you got but then he got hurt and then no one else really wanted him. He ended up in New Orleans and Sean Payton and him together created a impressive run. Drew Brees got himself in the Hall of Fames, one of the all-time great quarterbacks, won a Super Bowl for that wonderful, delicious city, New Orleans. And now another undersized quarterback, Russell Wilson, is hoping that his second destination again will be made beautiful and successful by Sean Payton. So I think that gives hope to him. I'm not sure if there's going to be a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. Sorry for the that's short a jokes. But, but, but that's a, you know what? Uh, I guess I just got it. Okay, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, you don't have to tell no, people yeah, that you got it. it. Just like let it, it. Let, it, let it land. Give, a, give everyone a second. Land it on them. All right, keep it moving. I was like, Lucky Charms thing. No, I'm just going <laughs> to. Um, but Spencer... When you saw this news, mm -hmm. what was your reaction? I am curious. My reaction was, one, I like mess. So this is great. I enjoy <laughs> potential mess. I do. Because this seems like one of those things where, uh, as Dominique just said, it seems like it makes sense. And that, to me, that's always a great starting point for mess. Where we go, <laughs> hey, we thought this thing would work. We really did. But I got to remind everybody, nobody's the same quarterback or coach as they were 10 years ago. Nobody. The years take their toll. Circumstances change. Leagues change. I kind of wondered on the serious side, you know, not that I don't take mess seriously, because I do. I do. I'm always ready for a good disaster. But I did wonder this. Is any coach worth this kind of draft? I was going to ask. I was going to ask. This seems like a lot. This seems like a lot. Like, I, I, to me... The story of the NFL is always this. It's the triumph of talent over management that I know there are legitimately great coaches in the NFL. <clears throat> and I'm not saying Nick Sirianni <laughs> isn't one of them. He really is. <laughs> but if you'd asked me four years ago who that dude was, I would be like, oh, he's somebody they're just going to hire as a manager, right? Now, he's done a better job than just being a manager, obviously. He's very good at his job. Sure. But the point being, is that in the NFL, the apparatus is so big that I feel like the role of the coach, um, especially relative to like college football, it's diminished in terms of value, right? Did I just call the coach the running back of the management class? Maybe. 
Maybe, because I, I feel like the idea that somebody can be a Svengali only goes so far. You could be a mentor. You can help develop a player. You could be an organizational genius. But I feel like you can get that a lot of different places, and you need to get it a lot of different places in the NFL in order to be successful. I just wonder if taking that kind of a chunk out of your draft, out of your future, is worth whatever present you're going to be mortgaging for, especially given what you've seen physically from Russell Wilson in this stretch. Yeah, I mean, the first-round pick in football is so hugely valuable. It's not mm. basketball where you're if you're not in the top three, and sometimes even in the top three, you can't really guarantee any success. It depends on that particular draft class. In football, like, there's so many positions. There are always going to be players, and that first pick is where you can hopefully build around a special player who will be cost-controlled at lower than his value for quite some time. So, yeah, Generally, I would say no, a coach is normally not worth that, particularly if you're the Broncos who have already committed a mm -hmm. great deal uh, of assets to this quarterback who's failing. But right. if you look at the history of coach trades, like it's hard what to argue got? that they haven't really worked out. So you got yeah. like Don Shula, you got uh, Bill Belichick, you got Parcells. Oh, yeah. I think Mike Holmgren was traded for. These are all guys who like went on to have great success. And I guess Bill Parcells, or not Bill Parcells, um, Bill Belichick is the example that you would most point to that say, yeah, that dude was worth what he was traded for and more. So I guess you're hoping that um, Sean Payton is the same thing. And you can look at Sean Payton's track record, though he only has one Super Bowl. He had the Minneapolis Miracle cut him short, but they were always like competitive in the playoffs oh, yeah. and being around. If they can turn the Broncos into that, I think they'd be happy to trade. Right. Like we're a little premature in talking about Super Bowls. The yeah. Broncos would like to become competitive. That's yeah. really where we're at. They would like to get back to the point where they were recognizably a good football team. Well, I think it's also a team with, as Dominique just alluded to as well, like a team with sunk costs. Like you're stuck with Russell Wilson. So what do you do with him? And I think this is where the rapper reporting and the Schefter, there is conflict as we are taping it right now, at least, because Schefter is saying that the D'Amico Ryan's hire in Houston is a separate track that did not intersect with the Broncos hiring and paying for Sean Payton via draft picks. Rappaport has been saying that actually the Denver Broncos tried to get D'Amico Ryan's not once but twice and preferred him which would throw water onto the idea that Sean Payton is the perfect solution. But here's the case for Sean Payton as the perfect solution. On top of the success that we've been talking about, 2006 to 2021, I'm just going to read this, right? Without the Bounty Gate 2012 punishment suspension season in there, Sean Payton's Saints were number one in yards per game, third down conversion rate, red zone efficiency, total touchdowns scored, were only second to the Patriots in points per game. Those are not the advanced stats that we all love, but those are a taste of the fact that this guy offensively is essentially unimpeachable, unless I'm missing something when it comes to what Sean Payton cannot do anymore, Spencer, since we last saw him. Well, there's also this, and I think... When you talk about, okay, well, is he demonstrated value? Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely demonstrated value. He's also got something now that we're all just going to have to recite together, which is, this is the best solution because they're both in the building. Right. Guess what? That's what we're going to have to decide. Maybe he was the fourth choice. Disagree. He's the first choice now because he's <laughs> in the building. Who's our first choice at quarterback? The dude that we've already mortgaged half the neighborhood for. That's... Whether it's a great idea or not, this has got to be the one that works for this year. I do really wonder, though, I, I do, if you're dealing with the same kind of quarterback. Because we say that Drew Brees was a reclamation project, right? We try to compare everything to the Saints. Uh, yeah, he was a reclamation project. Do we know exactly? We knew exactly what was wrong with, with Drew Brees. He was coming off a shoulder, mm -hmm. right? He was coming off of like a potential career ending injury that he. I think was one of the first quarterbacks to 100% come back from and end up better than yeah. afterwards. Do we know exactly what is ailing Russell Wilson in terms of his style of play? Are we sure it's management? Yeah, are we, are we sure? So is it a, yes. Yeah, aside, aside from the Drew Brees rookie of the year tale, I think mm -hmm. that you could look at this Russell Wilson situation either way and be more encouraged that there is not one glaring thing but i think what you're suggesting and what i am also feeling is i'd rather know what we're fixing because mm -hmm. like you could look at russell and say nothing's wrong with him he just uh, didn't have the right coach there's or, a lot wrong with him yeah i know but i guess i'm saying from a from a coaching standpoint 
I could understand a coach being more scared of a thrower with a bad mm-hmm. shoulder than a quarterback who's had a few bad years. So I get it, but I I'm scared of Russell Wilson because he's such a unique personality. Well, Well, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, let's keep in mind that Russell Wilson has done a couple of things of note here. He has publicly complimented Sean Payton in his role as guy with an office in this building. He talked about how he loved being coached by him at the Pro Bowl. It was wizardry that they got to play with on the field for whatever that's worth, which is probably not a lot. But when you add that to the fact that Russell Wilson's last two games last season after Nat Hackett got canned, were his two best games of the season. He had six touchdowns across two games, looked different for whatever that's worth. You wonder, is that actually a huge, maybe the most important variable, just changing the coach, um, which is more of a replacement level thing than it is a compliment to Sean Payton necessarily, because Jerry Rosberg, I believe, was the interim. But now, yeah, I, I, I do wonder, right? Like Sean Payton has been on this tour where he wore, apparently, Schefter pointed this out, like an orange tie at the desk when he was doing the studio stuff over the weekend. He was lobbying for this job because of the orange thing. We have heard also that Sean Payton has gone on Colin Howard's radio show and basically been like the naked bootleg stuff where they bring Russell Wilson out and they have him stop short and they throw these bombs. He wants to get more into the stuff that he remembers Russell Wilson being good at as a competitor. And I just wonder, is it that simple on some level? Like, is, is it possible that it was just that bad under Hackett? It is possible. I I am always wary of this because to me, the notion that an NFL team could be fixed with one thing, you know, is that that seems ludicrous to me, right? That that feels like, and I say this as the sport I primarily cover and with all due affection, that feels like a college football decision, right? Like, (laughs) well, we just, we just need to get it, change the culture and get a family vibe. No, what are the parts? What are the parts and how are they doing? Do you need to replace a part? I think they did need, there's no argument to me, by the way, that they aren't going to be better with Sean Payton. That's the part in this equation I have the most faith in, that they will be better with him as a manager. I just think there's more afoot to that, and and maybe even organizationally. It's not like the Broncos, to me, have kicked out all of the mold in the house from their previous management and ownership, right? Like That, to me, is also a lingering issue. Yeah, I mean, I actually think that some of the lingering needs to linger longer because, like, the one impressive thing about the Broncos last year was that defense. And so if yeah. Sean Payton is not bringing his own defensive coordinator, which I'm not sure what his plan is yet, keeping Evero would be a really smart move. He's gone on some head coaching visits, which may have just been people trying to meet their Rooney rule, uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I guess, qualifications. But he's also done a great job with that team or that side of the ball throughout the year. So we'll see what happens with this team. You said, what are the parts? The parts are good. That's the problem is all the parts are good. They have lots of really good parts, except for the quarterback, we think. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that's that's a question mark. By the way, Stop putting that damn picture up here. (laughs) I love it. Shout, by the way, shouts out to the defense matters. This is what we always get to. We're talking about offense. We're talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. The defense never gets, like, responsibility or credit for being – uh, easily a third of the game. Don't, also, shouts out to special teams. But that's my favorite like football argument. Anytime we get into this, we talk about quarterbacks. Eventually, somebody has to come along and go, oh, by the way, the defense is fine. The defense <laughs> just, is great. I, I do want to pay a compliment also on top of that to the fact that Sean Payton has played this perfectly. If you're Sean Payton coming into a job, I think you want to hear everything we just said, even if Spencer's justified doubts about Sean Payton are, are embedded in there. Because if he... If he flames out, you know he's not catching the blame. Like if if he if Sean Payton, if this is terrible, we are not blaming Sean Payton. Sean Sean Payton was a firefighter who tried his best. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's how we're Russ. talking about this. We're gonna blame yes. Russ. Yeah. The guy who cares a lot. Yes, we're gonna blame that guy. Uh, hey, right. I'm just gonna go ahead and offer on this program a $20 bill, American, guaranteed from me to whomever runs the wing T against Sean Payton. Because if you'll remember, Sean Payton, when he was away from the Saints, he coached his son's sixth grade peewee team. They faced a wing T team. The prototypical high school offense runs the ball nearly every single down, and they lost 58-18. Sean Payton consulted, among others, Bill Parcells on how to defeat this peewee team's offense and could not do it. So if you're facing the Broncos next year, 
and you want a $20 bill from me, run the wing tee. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't know that. Sean Payne would not want that out there. That part of the show, he would not want heard. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to another interesting situation. Brock Purdy has a very messed up elbow, and that has put everything in flux with 49ers. What should the 49ers do at quarterback? It, 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 so uh, the Brock Purdy UCL it. thing. Well, I'm going to have to do it because mm-hmm. the UCL thing, even though it's like not Tommy John needed sort of ucl stuff which is good jimmy garoppolo is coming back i mean we're doing it oh i thought that oh that wasn't the that wasn't thing i was i was saying not to do yeah don't do that but don't do the guy who jimmy garoppolo's job tried to take his job don't do either of those i don't want brady (laughs) or garoppolo talk oh yeah the brady talk i refuse to i don't want to i don't care where he's from i don't care he took a photo money when he walked into the stadium, when he played in San Francisco, he took a photo of like Joe Montana on the wall, subtly, clearly not intended for rep- for anybody to repeat. Yeah, Trey Lance. That's what they should, like. That's this is still the future of the franchise. We're talking about the value of picks to your franchise. Trey Lance. That is a dude who still, with his feet, offers more of a threat and changes what you can do in that offense because suddenly I can run some sort of next level 23rd century triple option if i have on the field at the same time debo samuel christian mccaffrey and trey lance not to mention all the other weapons they have like kittle and Ayuk. you can make them worry you can make a defense worry in so many different ways if you have that dude out there i i know what you get with jimmy garoppolo everyone is very familiar with what you get with jimmy garoppolo <laughs> if you would like to continue to make the same mistakes you go right ahead make new mistakes Use that pick. Like, develop this player. Please, I'm begging you. Give him meaningful snaps. Let's hope he doesn't get hurt and develop this player. That's that's where the 49ers need to go. Because otherwise, we've seen what they are with all of the other options. Yeah, I'm not sure how... um... I introduced the thing to this conversation that I don't want to talk about. So I feel like it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. to to also snuff it out. I'm not sure how um, Kyle Shanahan and Tom Brady, uh, how they complement each other. I think Kyle Shanahan's like value to the game, to his team, would be similar value that Tom Brady would bring to the team. I think Kyle Shanahan would be at his best with a really physically talented and peak physical condition quarterback, which as Tom Brady is, in peak physical condition for a 45-year-old. He is not going to add another dimension to this running game. And he's also like, I think what he does well is also some of the things that that Kyle Shanahan makes easy for his quarterbacks. The value of Kyle Shanahan is him making the game simple. Mm. And the value of Tom Brady is there is not a defense that's complex to him. So bringing them two together, I don't think complements either of their skill sets. So. Get healthy, Trey Lance, please. Like, that would be a fun experience. Watching it, Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Trent Williams, put them all together and let Kyle get freaky. It does feel also like the advantage. No, not Aaron Rodgers. I'm oh, sorry. don't mm-hmm. do that. No, but to that point, okay, to that point, right? The 49ers do have a sort of a, a crossroads here, not just on the existential level that Spencer was alluding to before. Um, also on the level of like salary cap stuff, right? Like you have Trey Lance, you have Brock Purdy, you have these guys who make a combined, you know, single digit in the million, seven figures kind of a deal. And then you have a bunch of guys who are gonna make eight figures. And if you don't go for the eight figure guy, you can afford all sorts of fun stuff to build out the rest of your team. And I don't think the Niners are that optimized to the point where like they can afford to, you know, overpay at quarterback and you know they're going to need like six quarterbacks this season anyway (laughs) yeah this just seems to be how things are right so go ahead stock up on them and don't necessarily go to the vintage premium aisle had enough vintage premium quarterback (laughs) okay like like they're cool right and they were cool but um i'm tired of this being american presidential election where you're like let's run this person for a third time but he looks like a president he looks like a quarterback he just looks like a winner out there don't you like (laughs) unless you're going to call the zone read with tom brady which i want 
I want oh. to see that in the world, but I'm a bad person. So we're not going <laughs> to do that. Okay. Put Trey Lance out there, embrace the future yeah. and let some other team hit the hook and swallow the bait on <laughs> Rogers or Tom Brady. Oh man. I don't know. I, I, poor Tom. I want Tom to be happy. Poor, I want him to want. Tom. He's fine. He's not he, fine, Spencer. I don't think he's fine, Spencer. Oh, he, Spencer. Yeah, I, Spencer. I, I, Spencer. He's fine. No, he's not, Spencer. No, he's not. He's a Hall of Famer. Spencer. He's got tons of money. Spencer. No, no, no. Spencer. He's relative to the general population, Spencer? you will not get many of them finding much sympathy with Tom Brady right Spencer? now. Spencer. I don't There's want Tom Brady. So th- Go ahead. Tom Brady doesn't want to get hit, but he definitely has a wall with a hole in it that he hits all of the time. <laughs> I, I, I have trouble when I cannot, I, I don't have to, to agree with people's choices, but when mm-hmm. I can't understand them in the slightest, I have trouble mm-hmm. saying they're fine. Like I, <laughs> a man who's won seven Super Bowls and has hundreds of millions of dollars in a contract worth hundreds of million dollars wait for him to do and he said no give me a second i don't know what the f i'm gonna do right now f it do it what i f it do it that angry man who you said is fine it's not fine you can't be that angry when you have that much and do things that make no sense and go back out there and put yourself in harm's way that ain't fine spencer that should have been the question on the card is tom brady fine (laughs) is tom brady fine (laughs) See, I feel like you can hear me. I'm, I'm holding back a little bit because I feel like if I push Dominique over uh, that cliff, uh, the discussion that we can have about whether Tom Brady is fine, that's three hours. That oh, is yeah, a three-hour discussion. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of – you know what? Let's have it. Someone explain to me why he would do anything that requires him to put on a helmet – and get hit next season. If you can explain that to me in a way that makes logical sense to me, I'll be like, he's fine. Uh, hey, listen, he's listen. In this this midlife crisis, I can help him negotiate this. What he needs to do is he needs to get a hobby. This could all be fixed with a hobby. That's it. Get into something embarrassing. Okay, get yourself out there. All right. Who knows? You know what? I've Hunting heard pickleball. That's it. I've nope. heard pickleball's fun. Mm-mm. The most mm-hmm. dangerous game. Mm-mm. The most dangerous game. If he wants to be the prey, ethically, that would be there. We go. He. That's right? essentially what he's choosing if, to do. If he needs the thrill of being chased, all right. But he really wants to risk it all. There you go. Most dangerous game. But if you have to, okay. I think pickleball's a much safer bet. I think you should go do that. People seem to enjoy it. Oh, so in conclusion, Tom Brady is either going to hunt or be hunted for sport. He's fine, guys. Yeah, he's fine. So before we move on, just a couple, couple hypothetical little fake trades here. Oh, gosh. Why don't the 49ers trade Trey Lance and two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson? Imagine what it would look like. Oh, the first of, I can just tell many fake trades Alabaster is going to give throughout the course of the show. Do they have first round picks industry? to trade at this point? Cause they, yeah, do they? I mean, they traded them all know. to get trade like 2030 or something. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let's, so my job is to hit the button. Cause that's what I do. I'm hitting the yes. button. You're yes. always the yes button. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna hit the yes button. I, I guess the test, the test of I wake up, my phone has an alert, and it says Trey Lance has been traded along with three first round picks in 2055. Oh yeah, for Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty psyched about yeah. that day. Of, I'm excited. Of work, honestly. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to get yeah. excited about. Press the button. Put them Press together. The yeah, let's do it. We just traded it. <laughs> Call John Lynch, somebody. I'll give him a call. It's done. Also, every Baltimore Ravens fan who's been around for longer than 10 years, you know what they're thinking. Oh, we could get back to basics, baby. 13-10. That's what we could do. Defense first. Run this ball. Rookie quarterback who throws the ball 10 uh, times a game. We're here. Oh Let's go. Uh, Not a rookie, but a young rookie. Might as yeah. well be a rookie. We can, we can move on. I was, I was also going to ask you about, you know, landing spot for Daniel Jones because he would be fun being fast there. Um, but I want to ask you about Bryce Young. There are reports that he wants to get to 210 by the combine, but he's never been above 194 pounds. Are you concerned that Bryce Young is too small? I love this topic. This is the Spencer. I'm glad you're here for this topic. Mm -hmm. It's the is Bryce Young swole enough is the question we are asking today on Debatable. (laughs) Well, it depends. Do, Do you want do we want Bryce Young to go through what a lifter would call the dirty bulk? 
Do we want him to go through the cheesecake bulk? Do we want Bryce Ooh. Young showing up yeah. looking a little chunky to his draft appointments? Okay, he wants to get 210. If you're a hard gainer, if you're the kind of person who has a very difficult time gaining weight, 210 off of a 16-pound gain from 194? Dominique, you can speak to this since, unlike me, you have difficulty gaining weight. Yeah, I, I am what they call a hard gainer, apparently, <laughs> yeah. in, in the in the lifting world. Mm. His frame is his frame, guys. I got my weight up pretty high for the combine, and then I threw up all the water that I drank before I got on the scale. <laughs> like, yep. I love this he's been He's been in college for a long time. He's been trying... It, if he's been around football, like me, people have been telling him to gain weight since he was, I don't know, 12 years old. And he's been doing every, my guess is he's been doing everything he can. And uh, I assume they have a pretty good training table down in Alabama. Uh -huh. Training table is where they feed the football players. I'm, I'm guessing they have a pretty intense strength and conditioning program down there at Alabama. I'm pretty sure that you're going to get what you're going to get. It's like he's been a professional football player for quite some time. So, like, him entering the NFL is not going to change that unless there is some puberty, unless he hits a second puberty, guys. Ooh. This, the, this the player you're going to get. So I, I think it's unlikely, no matter how much weight he puts on at the combine, it should not change your assessment of how big he is because he's just going to go throw it up afterwards like I did. <laughs> God, that would be such a – by the way, we were talking. The place where Bryce Young really should end up is Denver, right? Because he's a kind of undersized quarterback – who would be a blank slate for Sean mm. Payton to work with. Like yeah. in another world, that's a beautiful picture, putting the two of them together. But even with his leadership, I don't think you're going to get any heavier than you're going to get living in Alabama. Like that's <laughs> it. They've got a cookout. All right. Calories are not the issue there. I, I understand that they have some worries about his ability to take punishment just from like a raw, like, power on power, mass on mass kind of thing, right? You want a quarterback to be a little more solid. The truth is, you know, he's going to grow into that. But to do that right now, it just seems like forcing the issue on a good thing that you should probably just take at face value. Well, right? this is this is my question, though, is like, what are we actually concerned about? Let's be specific right. about what it means to be too yeah. small, because we just talked about a story in which half dozen quarterbacks got injured for all sorts of reasons. And so is it about injury prevention or is it about like seeing over the O-line? Like, what are we actually talking about here? McKinley? Well, I mean, getting fatter is not going to make him like yeah. taller. You know, I think it's, it's not like yeah. I went to McDonald's and I grew through inches. Three. Inches. I think we're That's at a like, point. You know, I think we're at a point now where we understand that players who aren't tall have found ways to work around it. So, like, right. you've seen these players back when uh, Russell was first coming, Russell Wilson was first coming in the league, it was a little bit different. And over the years, it's changed. We've had shorter quarterbacks find success. They find lanes to throw to, they get them out of the pocket, they figure it out. While that, you'd love to have a 6'5 quarterback, I don't think that's stopping people from drafting him. But mm -hmm. I think his frame does and people are concerned about him taking wear and tear and to your point pablo i guess you could look at it either way where you're like well see what happens to these 220 pound guys what's going to happen to him or it's happening to the 220 pound guys it's going to happen to him too so like <laughs> i don't know you tell yourself whatever you tell yourself if he right. falls to you in the draft you convince yourself that eh, it's not going to be a problem and if he doesn't and if he, you're not able to get up high enough to get him then you're like man he was too small anyway mm-hmm I have an excuse. <laughs> it does bear mentioning that he is very good, very good at risk management as a quarterback, even among his elite peers. He is not somebody who takes unnecessary hits. He is not diving head first. You will not have to teach him a lot of the things that other quarterbacks have had to learn about. You see that linebacker who's coming after you? In college, you were able to bowl him over. In the NFL, that's going to put you in the hospital. No, you do not have to teach Bryce Young those things. He's been very good. He has been practicing against the Alabama defense for the better part of yeah. his career. So, you know, chances are he's familiar with what at least an NFL size player looks like. Uh, maybe not at every position, but a lot of them end up in the uh, in the bigs too. So I... I'm not as worried about this. This just feels like we have too much time to think about the little things that aren't exactly right with every player because it's the NFL draft. Dominique and Spencer, both of you guys, I feel like are among ESPN employees, exceptionally equipped to talk about how much weight a person could put on if they needed to as fast as possible. Like, mm -hmm. what are we talking here? Like, if you were to, if, if, if you were to counsel as a corrupt personal coach, 
Bryce Young into actually being as swole as you could possibly be? What could we get him to, do you think, like the day before the measurements at the Combine? Well, water weight's going to be your friend. So you're yeah. going to want to make sure you're carrying as much water weight as possible. You drink as much water as possible. Uh, we need to go ahead and make sure that, you know, you're ingesting a lot of salt. So you're picking all that up. Ooh. Additionally, I can tell you what the old school 1990s Michigan plan for gaining weight was. And that was to eat an entire large pizza right before you went to bed. It just so happens <laughs> that one of the most common and commonly available foods in America is also a wonder when it comes to gaining weight. And that would be delivery pizza so delivery pizza cheesecake and water buddy and well, you know lay off the cardio i think spencer um i have to push back on the pizza because mm -hmm. as someone who has trouble gaining weight i know that eating a lot more food and when you have a fast metabolism just means you take bigger <laughs> like that's all that happens <laughs> that's all that happens guys so like yes if you eat it just before you get on the scale and i think i was able to put on about 10 pounds of water just before i got on the scale so you're just like, literally think, chugging before yeah. you get on the thing so yeah i think my playing career in college was like from high 160s to like high 170s and so then after that you go work out enough to try to put on a little bit more weight. You put on three, four more pounds of muscle. And, mm -hmm. and that's the most you can do in that time period while you're also training for other things. And then, then you just drink a bunch of water because you don't work out on the same day that you get weighed in. So you drink a bunch of water on that day and put about 10 pounds on. You got people thinking you 190, 195 maybe. <laughs> mm -hmm. gotta, yeah, hey, hey, you, just, you lie to them, <laughs> tell them you, you are a little bit lighter. You could put a few on and then you get drafted and then you show up 175. <laughs> I'd also advise if he could turn 30 or 40. That would be good. If you yeah. can turn 30 or 40 before yeah, the draft, man. that's really going to help you. I was going to say, I, 40. I, I've been one sick. I've been Dominique's playing weight in my life for a long time, eating only pizza. And now the plan has backfired, guys. It's, it's just pre diabetes <laughs> has now, failed. it turns out. It's a problem, medically speaking. Uh, don't they got weight loss pills? They don't have weight. Oh yeah! Pills? Wait, what's the what's the one the Kardashians the, are on? on shots, allegedly. Ozempic, oh, right? Oh, Ozempic, the yeah. They they do have weight gain pills. They're called sirloins. Sirloins. <laughs> <laughs> Keep crushing those, daddy. You'll get yeah, what, there. What are they testing for these days? Never not sir, not Moving sirloin. On. Clean weight gain drug. <laughs> I told alpha you, Spencer. Pill. Yeah, that's, alpha that's, pills. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing but big dookies. Big poops. <laughs> that's all it is. I used to eat two burritos for every meal. Two um no, that's on you though. Chipotle you. burritos. <laughs> that yeah, is not that, a low. That's, that's, that's not a low residue meal. That's, that's a high food residue meal. Down a water slide. I agree. Oh yeah, I yeah. used to be going after those calzones. There's a place called Ratsy's right off campus. Double up them thick calzones. Eat them up. Eat them up. Mm. Then double cheeseburgers. Two double cheeseburgers. <laughs> Uh, with mumbo sauce, oh, I used to be stuffing that's it why in. That, dude, that's why you ran a four three. You were sprinting to the bathroom. <laughs> he was running. <laughs> he, he was running a lot in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Oh, that's a gross way to end our time with Spencer. But appropriate. Mm -hmm. Bye, Spencer. We love Goodbye. you. We miss you. Dead wrong. It's the name of the song, Bubba. Mm, I'm glad I didn't know it. Are you? Why? I feel like I feel like uh, if I only knew Eminem and missed all your <laughs> references, it would have been a bad look for your boy. Your but, boy uh, is a bad look for your okay, boy. Okay, noted. <laughs> okay, good. didn't feel good coming out. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. Half all right. Um, that's, that's, like when, that's like when you Israel accidentally Gucci say "chow" and yeah. you realize that yeah, Guys, that that doesn't sound as good coming out of my mouth. Cut all of that. Is oh, here. We're here to talk about the NBA. I wish that that had never been captured by any point. <laughs> Um, Alabaster, where are we starting? Trade season, guys. Uh, which NBA team needs to make a move most before the deadline? Ooh, a nice open-ended NBA potpourri question. Almost as if the Super Bowl is already over. Um, I have an obvious, perhaps, answer to this question, and it is the Phoenix Suns. Hmm. Uh, and I say that because the whole Jay Crowder thing, it's becoming... It's becoming, I guess, a thing that's going to be resolved, but it hasn't. Jay Crowder had complained about playing time. He was going to lose his starting job. He didn't want to show up to camp. He never showed up to camp. The Suns, who are about to be sold, by the way, which informs the timeline on all of this now, were like, we'd prefer it if you weren't around, actually. And so here you have this 3 and D guy not playing for a team that's about 500, that is good enough, ostensibly, for last year to be in the NBA Finals. 
And that is the piece they got to move to actually improve the team that they have in the present tense that is actually playing for them. And so, yes, I believe the Phoenix Suns are a good answer here. All right, Dominique. So Pablo's answer was super exciting. Trading a guy who hasn't played yet this year for a team that's been all over the place. I think there's sexier answers than that. What do you got? I mean, I have been... I guess, corrupted by the sports media complex. And I know the right answer to this question. Oh, God. The right answer to this question is wherever LeBron is, we need to get the Lakers (laughs) in the playoffs. Like this, we had, we got the Cowboys all the way to the divisional round this year. It was great for us. Now we need to figure out how we can get the Lakers back to the finals. And I've watched them play. And their best game of the year was a loss to the Celtics. So we need to figure something the hell out and get some bodies to Los Angeles. Stat! For ESPN I was going to give you a hard time and about that. Not Amari Stoudemire, by the way. Not Stat. Not that guy, but someone else. No, not stat. that guy. Yeah. I was going to give you a hard time about that, but... I don't think I've been more entertained by a game <laughs> than when LeBron James was giving me the Stella or whatever it was. And, he, and uh, you had Patrick Beverly getting the technical there. So I think maybe that's not a bad answer, although I've seen a couple of trade rumors where Patrick Beverly is involved. And I don't think anybody wants that. He needs to stay put. We need to keep all the all that fun in L.A. But I know it's not it's sexier than, uh, than Jay Crowder, but what do you guys think of D'Angelo Russell being on the move? And here's where I'm going to sell you on this one, okay? Like, I know that Minnesota hasn't been, hasn't lived up to everything that we thought they were going to be with Rudy Gobert, at least not early in the season. They've been really good lately. And Anthony Edwards has been really, really good lately. Almost as much as he doesn't need like a D'Angelo Russell next to him. He needs more of a spot shooter next to him. But frankly, he's on an expiring contract. He wants to get paid again. So it would be probably better for him to go to a team that can, you know, give him starters minutes and and sort of showcase him a little bit more to his strengths. I think it just makes sense for Minnesota because they can also sort of maybe get back a first rounder. I Don't, don't laugh at me or don't roll your eyes. I think uh, Miami Heat have been tied to some D'Angelo oh, Russell talk. Gosh. And that's actually a pretty good fit for Miami who needs another shot creator on the perimeter but yeah i do think that who is that good for leaving what do you mean who's that good for i think that's a move that will not only improve um minnesota who has been better since you know basically since cat went down but it'll improve vastly whichever team he goes to assuming it's a you know a contender that needs a point guard like the clippers or the heat addition by subtraction for the for the wolves No, they get something back. First of all, they probably got to get a first-round draft pick out of it, but you get back a point guard. Like, look, I don't know what they think about Kyle Lowry. Oh, y'all trying to to dump Kyle Lowry on people. (laughs) Kyle Lowry is more of a guard you would need in Minnesota than D'Angelo Russell. Why? Why are we going here? See, my, you started with Jay Crowder. My slumber, <laughs> my slumber was broken. That was me trying to snore. It was broken by the transparent heat culture agenda that just entered here. No, I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry, Izzy. You're right. It's unfair. What you came up with was better than what Pablo came up with. But I expect more from you, Israel. I, I, I got Al, more. Al, I'm Al just Bastard, starting with Minnesota, Al a Bastard, team that's been really good lately. Can I retract my original answer, or do you have something here? Because I have, I, I actually now I feel self conscious, and I could definitely beat Izzy's answer if you give me a mulligan. But what do you got? Uh, go for it. I'll, I'll give some fake trades afterwards. But all right, I, can... I, okay. Rewind, cut my answer. We'll cut it in post. Perfect. Great. <laughs> no, Three, two, one. Luka Doncic needs help. Yeah. Luka Doncic, the next LeBron James, cannot be left alone on this island. Who's the second best player in the Mavericks? Nobody <laughs> knows. And that's a problem. <laughs> oh, cussing punctuation. That's good that's good move. That's the problem, Amped Pablo. And that's, it's actually language. great. It's great for you to bring them up because I do think that there's a player who might be a good fit there. Um, and that's Pascal Siakam. If, if somehow they can put together a trade offer for the That'd Raptors, nice. who you know are probably going to give away a piece or two, so that they yeah. can sort of and re- an rebuild a little bit, reframe floating out there OG right? as an oh. option. But I would think Pascal's a guy who can. First of all, um, I, like OG, uh, defensive player first, uh, not first, but defensive player also. And Pascal can give you sort of a lot of off the ball action, a lot of fast break stuff. Basically, fill in the gaps where Luca is not handling the ball all the time. No, but the, the I, question I be being the team that needs the most, you know, going into the trade deadline, and it's it's teams that are compete like 
the Lakers need the most, but they're not going to get that, this trade deadline, right? So you look at the Clippers, a team that actually was the favorite in the uh, Western Conference going into the season. Like, they should be looking to make an improvement. Look at Kawhi's minutes the last, or yeah. all of January. Yeah. I think he only had one where it was like less than 31 minutes. And so if you're convincing yourself that we've got Kawhi back, then you better get yourself a point guard. Maybe Kyle Lowry reunion, I don't know. <laughs> but you better get yourself a point guard because right now you've got Terrence Mann uh. doing that. And so maybe Fred Van Vliet. Like, that seems to be the most obvious home run of a trade and no it's not as sexy as the Lakers but when we talk about you know a team in Toronto that was supposed to be good and Fred Van Vliet being a championship point guard going to a team that is supposed to you know at least compete for a championship that's a big name trade so for me the trade deadline isn't about the big names necessarily changing right. it's these you know the medium names that make those big names hey real championship contenders which is why I think the team that probably has to make a move on top of the list is the it. Denver Nuggets. Oh, okay. Denver Nuggets. Like, they need to probably move Bones Highland, who's a talented player, probably just not a great fit there, very explosive, just not a great fit there, and get themselves a defensive-minded player, whether it be front court or back court, like Alex Caruso or Jacob Pertle. Like, I know those aren't the sexiest names, but, I mean, you can imagine a Denver Nuggets team out there with Alex Caruso causing a lot of havoc, adding to whatever uh, Nikola Jokic does on the offensive. And, like, that seems like it's a difference maker and a lot of fun to watch, too. So I think that's probably my number one answer that I've saved for last is the Denver Nuggets need to make a move. Nice. I like that. I mean, I think that the – sorry, go ahead, Pablo. I was just going to say, I'm so glad. I thought Izzy was going to say the Miami Heat 100% there. I was. <laughs> I can, but you won't listen. So I won't even mention that they you know, need some help as a perimeter playmaker. Right. I probably shouldn't mention that they need some help at the power forward position, even just for some depth. But I probably shouldn't mention that they're getting healthy anyway, and they're probably shooting numbers are going to roll back up, progress to the mean, and they'll be fine. So it really doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, they're they're gonna be better than the Bucks and the Celtics and the 76ers come playoffs. Only time. if they get Pablo's coveted Jay Crowder. I was gonna say we gotta move on to the next topic because I believe the answer to who gets OG Ananobi is actually the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Jay Crowder and a bunch of picks. Mm. So let's get out of this before we get to the real low red level of I, the of the I name just, recognition scale. I just shivered thinking about Mikael Bridges and OG locking down the perimeter. <laughs> a thrill a thrill a chris matthews thrill up your leg yeah truly <laughs> um next one with the nba are 40 and 50 point games losing their luster for you in the nba yeah i'm not proud of this really but this is how this is how human psychology works is he like I, I i've seen too many of them to stop and pay attention in the ways that each of these individual performances like objectively i understand are supposed to impress me and it just keeps happening and there are, we did an episode of espn daily about it where we sort of like post-mortem some of the theories as to why it's happening ball hogging i guess is the most succinct like layman's term uh translation of heliocentric basketball improving on top of pace and space and all of the three-point stuff in the nba but it's like no hitters in baseball to me it's like there are just so many of them because people have figured out things about how to do this job really well that I can't possibly be blown away by it. I wish I could lie to you, but I, as you know, can only tell the truth on this particular show. Ball hogging is your main theory on all the scoring, <laughs> not more skilled players. All right, Dominique. Oh, I didn't realize that we set up this second half of the show as us rolling out our takes for Izzy to judge. But <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm shocked I by them, with, so I need to take it I, all in before I, I feel can actually judged. respond. I agree. I agree with Pablo, and I think that honestly, it's not even a debate. Like, yeah, part of what makes things valuable is scarcity, and no one can argue that there yeah, sure. that there aren't more now than there was before. Like, I remember, and damn, I'm old because Who you about growing up. Growing up, 40-point games was a big deal. 50-point games was, a, like, amazing. It was. it was something that, like, rarely happened. And now we just saw that little list right there. That was just all in the past couple weeks. We had a bunch of 40- okay. and 50-point games. So, like, it's hard for me even to keep up. Like, social media doesn't even react the same way. There was this is one, one point week. where even, <laughs> though, even the course – even in the course of this season, we reacted more aggressively early in the season to 50 point games than we do now. And so I'm, I am, I exist in this atmosphere where no one is as excited as they used to be. So yeah, it's losing a little luster. Doesn't mean okay. it's less impressive. It doesn't well, mean it's not in, like, they're not good. It's just, it's hard to think an eclipse is cool. If it happens every night, it's like, yeah. 
I mean, it is what it cool. is. Eclipses are never cool. But let me start here. Like, first of all, uh, when I Much sort cooler of than 40 had point my game. thought process for this question, it was it was only 50 point games was the question in my mind. Maybe I just read that wrong. But <laughs> the thing is, how many of those games that you guys saw on that list were you actually watching? Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Because to see the stat line and be less impressed by it is not the same as, to me, losing their luster. Because if I've been to a zillion NBA games, very few have I seen 50-point performances. Very few. I can maybe think he of He got like us, three. Pablo. He got us. And so <laughs> the actual luster of a 50-point game is still there, especially if you're watching us. it. Like, those are the most entertaining games when you see a guy's about to – and you know he's going off. Especially well, somebody well like played. when he gets an 18-point quarter. Well played, I, Judge I Israel. The, the, judge, the Judge Israel show, man. That's, <laughs> you, did, you played us just right with the, you don't watch the game. You, you got me. Because you know what's going on right now? The damn NFL playoffs, Israel. And plus, and plus there's this I other know. show. It's a zombie show, but it's like the best zombie show that I'm in <laughs> on right now. Like when I get an alert on my phone, I'm watching like The Last of Us Episode 3. Just beautiful television Poetic. If you want to talk about it's the hard randomness to of the players, right? Like, oh, you've seen a 50-point game from such and such. You know what? I kind of like those. Bring back the days. Tony Delk had a 50-point game. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I remember Tony Corey Delk. Brewer. Double zero. Leader, Delk. Corey Brewer Corey had a 51-point game, and I would have given my life to just be flipping through League Pass when he was at, like, 17. <laughs> I and hope that's hyperbole. Yeah, I, I really want wouldn't to... want to die to see that. You are I almost died. I almost died you watching are him loved. play. I'll tell you that story in a second. Go Don't ahead, give your life for Tony Delk games. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, Izzy, Sadiq Bey did drop a 50 burger so it's still happening with the tony ducks of the world but I have, a, I have a question for you for you for all of you would you rather watch a 50 point nba game or a running back go for 150 yards in a football game because there are only 15 of those this season and we're getting 1.2 50 point games every single week in the nba season which is going to go on for like five more months yeah um 50 point game every time unless you tell me that it's going to be like very specific run like Barry Sanders yeah, or, or Derrick Henry. Those are the only two. I have because to, I, I have to agree with Izzy on there. I mean, I guess there's a chance that you could get a Shaq 50 point game where it's all dunks, which still would be pretty awesome. Or you could get mm -hmm. uh, like a Steph Curry three. The only bad 50 point game you could get is like a James Harden James 47 Harden. free yeah. throw mm, 50 yeah. point game. But there are I think there are some other possibilities for 150 yard uh, games. You could have one long run or you could have like 50 Ooh. short runs and it's like less enjoyable. I, I, I feel like I, I, I feel safer saying that I would enjoy the 50 point NBA game rather than a, a bunch of uh, three yards uh, in a cloud of dust. I will squeeze in two very long runs in between like zombie near death scenes on Last of Us. I will totally oh, do gosh. that. But it's, it's, it's. Near -death. Do did you want to hear the story of me nearly yeah, dying yeah. watching Corey yeah, Brewer play? I do. You actually did almost. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I might have told the story, but it definitely required an ambulance and a hospital trip. But I was, uh, it was my first year out of college. I was covering the Marlins. I got the mumps from Antonio Alfonseca during spring break. Wait. And um, another sorry. story. The guy with six fingers? Twelve. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he apparently went to the DR, the, I guess the off season of the Dominican Republic, the off season of 2000 before the 2000 season and came back with a strain of the mumps that a lot of players and some media got. And I went to a doctor who didn't tell me to take anti-inflammatories. He just said, drink a lot of fluids. So I got swollen up. Like I had two faces and I was quarantined in my house. Oh my, my apartment what a way and this happened to, get to coincide <laughs> and this is not a lie this happened to coincide with the florida gators final four run of 2000 and actually so i take that back it's not cory brewer it wasn't cory brewer it was the previous set of it was mike miller mike miller nearly killed me here sorry oh, reframe gosh. the story <laughs> mike miller nearly killed me he <laughs> hit a game winner in the first round you remember uh, against butler a little you know tough couple of bounces and in and I, on my couch, not recognizing my situation, stood up so quickly and immediately went, yes, and then went, holy <laughs> And like my entire face felt like it was about to blow up. And oh. so the only thing I could do, I sat back oh, down, no. I couldn't stand the pain, I called an ambulance, 
And basically, when I got to the hospital, they told me, hey, that doctor was an idiot. You should have been taking anti-inflammatories this whole time. And number two, that was your glands inflamed, pressing against your ear uh, eardrums that was causing all that pain. And they would have burst if you didn't come here, which is not a big deal. It just would have hurt a lot. And you would have like felt some fluid coming down your ears. But yeah, I'm glad you came in when you did. And I got back home and I watched the rest of the Final Four run and didn't have to go to work. How about that? So for the record here, Mike Miller did have two career 40-point games. So <laughs> well, well played. The mumps? Man, I the thought mumps, we got vaccinated man. for That's that. crazy. I did. I mean, there was some special mumps out in the DL. Oh, yeah, those Alfonseca mumps. Oh, yeah. Measles, Speaking mumps, and rubella. I remember getting those shots. Mm -hmm. Wait, those, is that, are those Eminem lyrics? <laughs> oh, man. Who done it, Tom? Oh, we have a game. We have a, thankfully, we have a, a non-eardrum bursting, non-glandular game. We are going to do some whodunit. I, for the record, guys, I can't believe you don't want to see, you know, Ezekiel Elliott run the ball 47 times for 150 yards. It's crazy, but I digress. Um, all right, moving on to whodunit. I will read you a quote. You guys have a minute to come together and tell us all whodunit. Whodunit. First one. There are two levels to be unlocked here, and I have to stay locked in to unlock those levels. I'm not <laughs> unlocking them right now, and it's okay, but there are more levels to unlock, and right now I'm not touching that level, and it irritates me. <laughs> the choices are Jason Tatum, John Morant, Giannis, or Nikola Jokic. Man, I don't know the answer to this. Uh, I don't either. I think yeah. I want to rule out Jokic because he doesn't feel like the guy that you're irritated or say that he's irritated or admit that he's irritated. That's true. So I'm gonna go with but also, this suggests that this person does not have the mastery of the English language or know also other true. words other than locked. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel, like, I feel like Giannis has already unlocked all the locking levels. But he's like, balling right now. Yeah. yeah. He has two more levels? That? Giannis has two more levels? It no, can't, it can't be I mean, Giannis. Just on the level it's of, gotta of, be ja. of rationality. Can't yeah, be it feels like Ja. Because Jason Tatum ja. doesn't seem like someone who will be talking about all the levels that he needs to unlock. But levels, I don't know. Levels. Levels. All right. There's several so, different levels to unlocking levels. Um, I'm going to go. I and think it irritates ja. me. <laughs> I think, yeah, the irritation. Yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll go Ja. I'll All go right. Ja. We'll trust you. We're going with you. All right. Final answer. What? Oh, wow. There's more. I should have trusted the we English language. should have gone with the English thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, wow. man. So hold what on. What, his next level. I guess he's not playing as well as he can play right now. Like he's not playing at finals level, but he that isn't. would require him to hyperextend his knee. And then score forty points. Right? I don't know what other levels there are for Giannis, but I hope. I, I, levels, I think I think Charlie's having a little bit of fun with Ja, Giannis, Jason, Tatum. We could have gone joke. We could have gone with any of them and been right. Which we just went with one syllable. And Man, you know frankly. what? What Giannis does need help with levels wise is his jumper because it's trash. <laughs> um, he's shooting twenty seven percent. So that I guess is a level. We I don't think we can do any better than that. Okay, uh, Eminem can make anything rhyme. Yeah. Nice job, pass, and we can move oh. on to the next one. Um, well done, well done. I was not surprised about the all-star voting. I think it's well documented that I'm not very liked. And your choices are uh, James Harden, Trey Young, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, or George Santos. Uh, <laughs> he's resigned from committees yeah. today. What else do you need? George Santos, I mean, that is. George Santos did, yeah. Indeed, uh, uh, all, on all of the House committees still. If that's um, your real name. <laughs> yes. This is, this I mean, is, I, is, it feels Trey Youngish to me. It feels Trey okay, Youngish. Okay. Like, James Harden mm -mm. wouldn't say that. Uh, Joel Embiid. Who had, uh, who had issues with the All-Star voting? Who yeah, was not an All-Star starter and should be? It's Joel Embiid. So that would make the most sense. But I feel like, that's I don't fair. know, we might be getting... I, didn't, I don't think of Joe, Joel Embiid as not being very liked, but... No, but he likes, you know what, he likes to, he does like to be victimized. Okay, I like um, it. I like it. As a it. matter of his, his, his uh, sort of, you know, rap, he, he's under-respected. Let's go D I think then. he, his well-documentation is basically finishing second in the MVP twice. Like, that's, right. that's what his well-documented, wow. that, that, that people don't like him. That's true. That's true. He's agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I was I not like surprised. Uh, I think he's well-documented that I'm not, you know, well-liked. 
And, you know, that's cool. I don't know if it's because I, I troll a lot or, you know, that, you know, I'm a, I guess I'm an asshole, but uh, it's cool. <laughs> probably for those reasons, honestly, he probably nailed it. I think he nailed it with the rest we of We spent the about world. 15 minutes just drooling over Joel Embiid on the CJ McCollum podcast that uh, is going to drop on Thursday. He's so good. And I think that he is probably going to make his way to the top of the MVP ladder before this is all said and done, and or this season anyway. And how could you not think that you're liked when you give me the thrusts and celebration that <laughs> yes, give you that like, so you're thrusts. fined for? You're <laughs> fined for, and you're doing it for the people. Like, no, Joel, we love you, man. Well, and he Don't just dropped 47. MVP voting against him, against us. And, he, and, and to your point is that he just dropped 47 on Jokic. And although we just established that none of us give a crap about 47 points, that was objectively the most impressive performance in that game against the Nuggets. Nobody remembers uh, that game because several hours later, Patrick Beverly gave a camera to oh, a referee and said, oh, look yeah, at this. That's magnificent. Right. So <laughs> since the, um, the plug your own podcast portion of this program has begun, I would like to Ooh. say from one to another Joe Embiid, you can listen to my podcast where I'm always an That wasn't even a segue. That was, that was, that was also great was... timing when he says from one to another and Charlie shows two closed fists. <laughs> mistaken for? <laughs> Bungs! I, mean, I, I will yeah. say, great. Bing, bung. It's a, gr it's a great podcast. Dominique is very kind yeah, on it, it all the time. Um, yeah, you should listen. So Dominique hard. Foxworth show featuring me. Um, all right. Uh, I got another quote. You won't go and look at my stats and say, this guy's a surefire, a surefire Hall of Famer. But if you know the game of basketball and you look at the game of basketball, then I think I have a case. <laughs> and your choices are Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, John Wall, or Andre Iguodala. I mean, again, I, I, just really good, Hall of Fame. really good questions here because it is, again, hard to tell who is Yeah, I mean... Quotes. I think it's just so John Wall is the only one who there's no way it's John Wall. Yeah, he's the only one who I think could possibly not make the NBA or the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, I guess it's not even Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, it's just the Basketball Hall of Fame, right? Because they yeah, the put college people in, in too. Yeah, um, yeah the entirety of the Hall mostly because of the quote if you really look at the game, if you really look at the game, John Wall hasn't been there for a long time, yeah. so I don't think he's gonna I make think, that. Argument. Yeah, I think that's the only one we can eliminate. Rudy Gobert, mm, like, point. I think, I mean. He's, not yet. Not yet. He's definitely he a Hall of Famer. What do you mean? I don't I don't think he's I'm not sure that he said this, but Rudy Gobert is absolutely the Hall of Famer. I don't think he is yet. I think no. he already has the resume and when you project yeah. he's probably gonna be a really? lock. But yeah, I mean you think yeah, about the how NBA many, how, or the, the how many pro basketball, games or so the basketball Hall of Fame? No, I keep it up. <laughs> he's he's been defensive player of the year. He's like yeah, yeah, I think Draymond national team has been a huge part and the the, the all star numbers are always what like sort of the the the, the the threshold for me is like five. If you made five, you're a lock. If you made five, you're practically a lock for the All-Star. The threshold for, the, for uh, you is five. The threshold for the NBA is one. <laughs> get one, so, one All-Star game, we're putting you in a Hall of Fame. I think so, my answer is D. Okay, yeah. It's, one of, it's either Andre or Draymond. Yeah. I agree. No. Oh, I think Draymond's a lock for the it's Hall of Rudy, Fame anyway. It's Rudy or Andre. Ooh. Okay, Andre is the answer Andre. then. What? Oh, there it is. Wow. How is that even a question? I thought Draymond. that was surefire. Underestimating himself there. I mean, I, I guess have a case. I guess I mean, because we do rely on stats so much for that, he doesn't put up great stats. But I feel like your All Star threshold, he has to meet that. But he's definitely. been he's been okay. Wait, here's a fun game. A, here's a, a fun key. game. Okay, go ahead. Oh, totally, totally fun. The most uh, the most important defensive player, rather, on the greatest. You know, and not only important defensive player, like an important like. Oh yeah, offensive playmaker, cog, like offensive, the hub of, yeah, like totally. I, I, I'd be stunned if he doesn't go in. So here's the question I have for everyone in our audience and also you guys: How many points does Draymond Green average career? You saying currently, or saying when it's all career. said and done? All time, be... all time, his career points um, per game average. Uh, eight. I mean, he's king of the triple singles, so I got to stay in the singles too and say, uh, say nine. It is eight point seven. Woo! Wow, look at us. That's well done. <laughs> well, Man, I guess you get it. Nailed it. It's closer to it's you, like... but so every, his career stats line is like Ben Simmons this year. That's crazy. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. I will add. We have one bonus. Uh, who 
who done it. Well, it's really a who didn't do it. Uh, who is not a Pro Bowl quarterback in the AFC? And your choices are oh, Derek wow. Carr, Trevor one. Lawrence, Russell Wilson, and Snoop Huntley. Yeah, I didn't know that we were calling Tyler Huntley Snoop. By the way, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, all we, caught up now. Apologies. Um, we've been but, calling him Snoop. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been. Told. I think I know this one only because, like, I know, like, okay, so Trevor Lawrence has to be legit, right? Derek Carr and Tyler Huntley, not obvious, right? Would be a joke if they did make it a little, but it would be a huge joke if Russell Wilson made it given all of the ridiculousness of the beginning of the season, the terrible offense, scoring three points a game. Like, it would be absolutely insane. We would have heard about it if Russell I, Wilson had made the Pro Bowl. So I think I think Tyler Huntley is in and Russell Wilson is not. You're right, I, I believe. I totally forgot that Russell Wilson is obviously the wrong answer. Yeah. Or the right answer because yeah, he is the wrong answer. He is the one who, who didn't done it. Yeah. Which is crazy that it's more shocking because Tyler Huntley is in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like, there used what? to be a handful of names that said, wow, the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything. Everybody, Tyler Huntley is the top of that list now, what? is he not? Derek Carr isn't on a team, and he's in the Pro Bowl, apparently. <laughs> the thing For I'm the fourth time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, guys just don't go. I know Derek Josh Carr Allen. Hall of Famer? Hell no. <laughs> Did they just called Derek Carr because they're like, it's in Vegas. He's probably there. <laughs> Save some money on travel. Yeah, expense account. It's probably yeah. smaller for Derek Carr. Um, I just realized that the whodunit silhouette resembles what I imagine Izzy resembled in that story about his eardrums exploding. Oh. Oh my Put it back God. up there. I looked, it, it, exactly. I mean, just look. Izzy, you have a flat top in that one. Kind of like... crazy doctor. Kind of a doctor doesn't tell you to take anti-inflammatory. Yeah, that. See, that's just like, yeah. Ugh. Young Izzy on the couch. Yeah, you should sue that doctor. It's a little late. Statute <laughs> limitations. I didn't miss any pay, so I don't know what I could sue him for. Anguish. Pain. pain. I don't know. The game is made the final four. I was fine. Or sue Antonio Alfonseca. Ooh. I would love that.